Welcome to Rooted Within with Lily and Dan, a podcast that shines a spotlight on positive change makers, sharing their stories of legacy, inspiration, and impact. Each episode, Lily and Dan will speak to individuals who have made their dreams a reality, exploring their journeys, mindset shifts, and what motivated them. Join us as we explore the lives of those who are making a difference and let their stories inspire you to achieve your own goals. My mom's a homemaker, but also she had a fashion shop and we used to go buying around the world. You know, she had designers like Oscar De La Rente and Christian Dior, but back then they were small brands. I knew I could add more. I had a lot more to offer and and there were big brands opening here, but they were still in startup mode. So the startup experience, which I could add to the growing media industry, it was relatively safe as a single female coming over here. I could be up and running because of the language. I didn't have to learn a whole new language, although culturally you have to learn the local culture, Mm. but that's fine. I'm used to doing that. This is my ninth city and my fourth country. Oh, wow. I read these things about loneliness and how detrimental it is to our our longevity, mm-hmm. our mental health, the sadness. Like, what are we here for if we end up alone in like True. a beautiful little shoebox? Yeah. <laughs> Rooted Within with Lily and Dan. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Like, it probably has been. Yeah, but life just feels off. I mean, if it's I don't summertime. See you. I mean, like by the time this podcast what, comes out, what, it's probably we actually, autumn. What we actually got, we're allowed a break. We, no, we don't think we had one. I don't really think we had one. It's been, just been a bit relentless. It has been relentless. But it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back. Yeah, you went I away, didn't you? I did. I'm trying to think. I've been to a few places. I went to Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire. Ooh. I went home to Manchester. Ooh. I went Scotland. to Sicily. Ooh. Sailing. Ooh. Anyway, you, enough about you us. You said nothing about my town. Yeah, but you always done. <laughs> Especially compared to me, like one of the <laughs> whitest people in This is an effort at trying. Of course. <laughs> because I'm just perpetually red. Well, there you go. On that note, there was a third voice on here. There was, yeah. We it? have Eileen in our studio today. Welcome. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you. you here. Yes, good to see you again. Yeah, I'm going to say because it's really interesting because we jumped on a, a little pre-podcast catch-up call and then realised that like, we actually knew each other previously. Yeah, like, I mean, 10, when I first 15 got here. 15 years. Ago. More than that, 2007 when I yeah, moved here. Because that's when I first arrived. I was working at Bareface at the time, and then that's how you said we met and yeah, yeah. we connected. Bareface has brought a lot of people together. Yeah, Bareface was the they agency were, weren't they? of you know repute at that yeah. time, yeah. and yeah. I was a makeup artist, a professional makeup artist and trainer at that time. Oh, okay. So oh. working with models and stuff, and of course when I saw Dan, I was like, oh, model, you know. Oh, me? Oh. <laughs> hey, that I was. was I was going to say, like, I definitely was a model. It was like, was like my mum always used to tell me I've got a face for radio. <laughs> so I definitely wasn't Mom. a model. Mom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But what? You, you've not always been to hair and makeup. You're, you, I mean, you have many different, yeah. I guess, hats to your professional career. I have many tools in my yeah. toolbox. So I started off in marketing, you know, okay. and in IT and in startups and really exciting time. That's when you had the time to do it because you had no life yeah. and you could just dedicate it to like all the other people that have no life. It was the early days of the 90s when... I was going well, life must have been very different yeah. back then because obviously like now it's all fast paced and everyone wants everything now. But mm. back then, like you said, you had time. Yeah. Well, I mean, also I didn't have a family, I didn't have any responsibilities. And it was so exciting because the internet was, was like, just starting, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nobody was buying things on the internet. Everything was literally like you can't even imagine it for some people that are born after that yeah. like my son goes up to the tv screen and tries to, tries to scroll yeah and it's like you know my niece, like mom it's broken my niece has done that before with a mm. book you know she tries yeah. to like, like yeah. swipe left or she tries to like bring the picture out and stuff it's really interesting it she's six years so old confusing yeah. like the, everything you see is like you're like a cyborg exactly. right but hold on so serial entrepreneur yes what were you like as a kid well, That's a really good what does question. that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How can I say chubby would be one? Uh, <laughs> Weren't we all? Yes. <laughs> Were you entrepreneurial as a kid? Were you um, the type of person like created like I don't know. I used to make like sweet shops. <laughs> yeah, we'd, you know, we'd selling things to people. Stand, yeah. Right? I think every kid is entrepreneurial because you're forced to play by yourself or with I your siblings. I sold sunflower seeds. Yeah, That's we true. try to make a buck mm. anywhere we can, yeah. right? Like yeah. here's a mud pie. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? It's really tasty. <laughs> I used to think about like if I were to make this mud pie and add these like herbs that, you know, you find on the on the mountain side or like on the hill, not yeah. a mountain. It seemed like a mountain next to you. And then I would like trick my brother, my older brother to eating it because he was such a pain, right? Because he was always picking on me. Yeah. And then I would immediately feel guilty and be like, oh, well, what if he died? And then I would be like, uh, then how, I, you know, like then what? I was too deep of a thinker even then. Yeah. <laughs> 
But then going straight back to, you started off in marketing yes. in the early 90s. Yes. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, I mean, everything was, you have to get a message out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I studied sociology and, and psychology okay. in school. And, um, you know, you have to think, group think. That's yeah. where that led. Uh, a lot of people think because there's the social in it that you want to be a social worker. Mm-mm. And that could be some people, but that's not how I really saw it. I just saw it like trying to understand people and how they think and what motivates them. And marketing must have been very different then because you didn't have social media. So I guess Absolutely. people's spending habits, buying habits, the way you influence them would have been completely different. Yeah, you would have jingles. <laughs> okay. So how did you engage with audiences and customers or clients? Well, I'm not that old. I mean, it was more above the line, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It I was, more, that was, it was TV. TV yeah. would be more. Yeah. I think radio was a lot more. Mm. TV was number one. I think hundred percent. Yeah, TV, radio, and print. Yeah, print was much, much bigger. Like, like if you were in a magazine. Well, I guess that was kind of like where I was getting to with the question. It's like, and you know, print in a way is like died well, a death. All of those in, in are a, a bit obsolete now. Yeah, because you got everything digital. Well, you know, when was the last time you watched normal television? True. You just watch Netflix or, you know, demand TV. Apple TV. Yeah. 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 You know, oh. so advertising, like that was the biggest way of hitting the masses now. You got to go where the people are. Yeah. And I, I find that endlessly fascinating. So mm. I think the metaverse is, is really exciting. Ooh. So like if we had this podcast in the metaverse, you know, that's where people are. I don't really see a a difference Mm. because if I look at how I spend my day and how all the jobs in all the different industries, how they spend their day, I'd say 90% of the time, if not more, that you're actually behind a laptop or on the computer. If you work from home and you have children, it really is highlighted because you're like always on the screen. You're telling them, get off the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, "Uh, hello. Yeah, but I got to go where the people are. So then you, you think about security and privacy and those kinds of issues. Yeah. But as a marketer, how can you be offline? How could you not have your life on there? Yeah. And then it gets a little scary because, well, I don't want to say scary, but also opportunity. I saw this video the other day about us putting our kids on. I saw that. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? On, which one? Why don't you describe it? Well, I saw it up to the point where they were just saying, it was an AI-generated yeah. person of your kid yeah. as they were like in their 20s. Let's say that they're like four years old now or baby. Oh, wow. And then they AI-generated, so it would be like um, older. You're looking at the future version, essentially. Yeah, so your, your child is now like 21, 25 years old, and she's talking back at you in this mm. commercial oh, wow. in her own voice because obviously the sound. Yeah. And they've recreated this literal person yeah. in a digital form talking straight to you saying, look, this is what you did to me. Mm. Because… AI can take all these images of your face in all these yeah. different directions as you grow up yeah. and then create an entire life and personality for wow. you that's not yours. It sounds exactly like you. Can get into, can call you up and say, I'm kidnapped yep. and like send me money. And, it's all know. that deep fake stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow, this went in a different tangent to what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, identity, right? Yeah. But like it's, it's stealing identity. Well, and, like and how it. can you uh, how, how can you prove it? Yeah, sort of thing? I mean, when we started giftcertificates.com with my brother in '97, so that's one of your businesses. Yes. You, you mentioned a serial entrepreneur. So you, well, my brothers, all of us, my okay. brother, my sister, and I. My sister's in the art world. My brother's in all kinds of things. Yeah, from, I'm going to stop and and, yeah. and do a segue question here. Yeah, you and your siblings are all serial entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Does that come from your parents? My father was, and my yeah, I would say so. Wow. My mom's a yeah. homemaker, but also she had a fashion shop and we used to go buying around the world you know she had designers like Oscar De La Rente and oh, wow. Christian Dior but back then they were small brands yeah. you know now they boomed we'd go into the New York City and we'd go to the showrooms nice. and like buy things but of course I was like 10 11 years yeah. old so incredible and and your dad my dad also he was import export you know a lot of between Korea so was my dad <laughs> yeah that <laughs> yeah. was big back big, then big huge yeah. Huge. So he always worked between Korea. My father was Korean. Yeah. He always worked between Korea and the U.S. So silverware or flatware. Every restaurant we go to, he'd look on the back. And if it said made in Korea, we knew it was his company or their their manufacturing, right? And so American Airlines, if you look at the flatware back when they had flatware, that was one of their big accounts as well. And just things like that. Nice. That's cool. But you said you were in business with your brother. You were about to talk about… So my brother started… It was his business school concept to have gift certificates. Yeah. Like because there was no reason for you to touch and feel a gift certificate. Okay. And as this was like… He graduated, I think, 94 from Harvard Business School. Yeah. And that was his thesis because he really was terrible at gifting. And we were being an Asian family. Gifting is extremely important in presentation. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example of his terrible gift giving. Oh God. Which would be and note note to I'm, you know the, the audience. Yeah. So he would he has two sisters, me okay. and my sister. And he would buy like a let's say an Estee Lauder, 
you know, lipstick. So, and you get this big gift with purchase during yeah. the holidays. He would get that and then split it up and give it to us. I and mean, then, economical. Or, he also did like, you know, Memorex. Do you remember Memorex? No. Those like cassette tapes. Okay. So they would have these giant packs of them. Like you'd have like tw- a pack of 20. I remember actually, yes. Okay. I do remember. And then he would split that <laughs> and give to me and my sister. A shrewd businessman. Very, very practical. Yeah, very practical. Say, yeah. He's like mm. very economical. Yeah. So he was terrible. Okay. <laughs> he meant well, but yeah. he got better. But we were talking about identity and AI and then you were about to segue into your brother and your Oh, well, that was business. like security. Got you. When you were, when you're your ID. One of the biggest things about gift certificates, it's a a digital currency. It's a branded currency. Same thing with rewards, incentives, loyalty, things Mm. like that. So um, you have to be very careful with fraud and money laundering, and you have to have your own protocols in place. And since it was never done before, you have to do it yourself. And so we were talking with like, you know, the, the, police, they have their detectives that were on okay. cyber crime. There'd be like two people. They wouldn't even look at your case. They were telling them this was like $2 million involved. Wow. And this was like not as rampant as it is now. And yeah. so when we were talking about AI and how much more sophisticated Got it you. is, that's when, I mean, I don't know where it is at this point. I'm not in cybersecurity. Constantly evolving. <laughs> yeah, it's constantly evolving. So what the businesses have you owned, been involved in, launched, created as a serial launch? Well, loyalty, rewards, and incentives okay. is one of them. I'm working with a client at the moment as a consultant as yeah. they launch in the UAE, specifically Dubai. But they are a leader in incentives and rewards in Saudi Arabia. So they're about eight years old. Oh, wow. Nice. And they are basically an ecosystem of loyalty and rewards. They okay. have different apps like for active um you know like getting your teams to engage each other yeah. and then measuring that data that's one aspect that's called walla active the company that or, or the client is called walla plus yeah. and they're doing fantastically because they are first mover advantage mm. in saudi arabia they didn't have faza or isa got you you know they are the faza yeah. and the isa yeah. and then they have this huge marketplace and then just growing and growing as you can imagine because like Dan, I know that you're ex- you are expanding in uh, Saudi Arabia yeah, yeah, by leaps and bounds too. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, but, people I mean, are only just scratching the surface. Oh yeah, there. Saudi is like such untapped potential. Yeah. I mean, like a country of like 50 million plus people, and I think yeah, it is but then, about that. then how do you get your money if you're a small business? Yeah. Mm. you know, I just was at um, with Crimson Legal, a I guess a talk. I don't know; it's not exactly an event, right? Yeah. But addressing. Not specifically Saudi Arabia, but how do small businesses, and we're like 90% SMEs here, yeah. right? Mm. How do small businesses collect their money? Yeah. And how do you write your contracts with that? It's difficult. But then, how do small yeah. businesses collect their money? I'm not here to give legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> a baseball bat and a, a very no, firm. I literally heard every single one of our listeners going, how? Yeah. Tell me. I mean, we were talking about this. That's the next we podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's okay. We're talking podcast. about relationships right now. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Well, yeah. I was going to go back like, what drives you as a serial entrepreneur? I think opportunity, but also when you see a solution to somebody's problem, whether it be your own okay. problem or something that you're seeing a gap in the market. And so that probably leads on to the newest uh, business. I know. So yeah. like, how did you end up where you are now? And where are you now? <laughs> and where are you? <laughs> where am I now? <laughs> so I've been here in Dubai along with Dan and I, I presume you've been here. I, I hit we the were, ground in 2009. Yeah, right? so it's yeah. similar timing. Yeah. It's like 2007 Absolutely, because we're, the reason why we ask that Dubai question is like, what services or what mm. was the lay of the land like? Mm. And then we can relate to each other. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's a very fair, fair yeah. comment. You always have to think about why you're asking that question. It's not just so that I can assume how much money you make or where you live. And so if I want to date you or… But I guess it's also to put into context what Dubai was like at that time. Mm. Exactly. Back in 2007, 2009, it was a very different place to where it is right now. People bonded very differently. Yeah. And it felt smaller. It was definitely people. Everyone knew each other, essentially, in many ways. And then on top of that, don't forget, 2008 was when it crashed. So I arrived after. Oh. Well, I got I got employed during yeah. as it was happening. Like I still remember when I was interviewing and um, it was sort of second half of 2008 and I was in the UK mm-hmm. and the world was imploding yeah. already. And I remember asking yeah. you guys, so this What's recession that the world's seeing about Dubai and the response I got was, oh yeah, that won't hit Dubai. This is Dubai. It hit big. And it hit big. So yeah, the wow. night before I was supposed to fly out, I've, I've told you this story yeah. before, my contract got canceled. Wow. So, But then I ended up 
back out in 2009. So even between the Dubai I experienced when I was going through the interview stage and coming out and meeting people and the way people were compared to what they were when I arrived in January, very different. So what made you come here? What was that journey? This this is a question, but I love answering this question because I think a lot of people can relate to it, especially Mm. women. So when I was looking at leaving London, I was in London for a few years Mm. at that time because I had a robust media industry, you know, makeup, what I was doing Mm. at that time, teaching on the expert stage, also working with different brands, doing independent film, you know, just makeup is like Mm. skin, right? And I was looking to be like, I knew that New York, which is where I'm from, saturated market. I knew that London was already a saturated market. It's very, very difficult to break into that industry, especially if you didn't have a celebrity that you were following Mm. at that time, right? This is before social media. Now they Mm. pick them based on their followers and their, their audience. So things were closing down a little bit more. Everything was getting more consolidated over there. And here in Dubai, literally the only place that had a growing media industry. Yeah. Yeah. They were opening magazines. They yeah. were hiring people. Which was there almost was, like from ground zero. Yeah. Like there, yeah. there wasn't really much here at that Everything time. Everything was in startup mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I knew that my startup experience and attitude would work here. Was it that must excite say. you because of yes. your, your entrepreneurialism? Yes. I knew I could add more. I had a lot yeah. more to offer. And, and there were big brands opening here, but they were still in startup mode. So the startup experience, which I could add to the growing media industry, it was relatively safe as a single female coming over here. I could be up and running because of the language. I didn't have to learn a whole new language, although culturally you have to learn the local culture, Mm. but that's fine. I'm used to doing that. This is my ninth city and my fourth country. Um, And then I just, it was a a hub. But did you... How how were you aware of Dubai? Because like a lot of people, until they ended up in Dubai, they never knew Dubai, Dubai existed. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? A lot of people, I think the, Dubai didn't exist the way mm. we know it today anyway. Mm. Yeah. And it didn't exist even when we knew it then. Mm. To the outside world, they were in the midst of learning how to market themselves, yeah. and they've done a terrific job since. Amazing, then. and I think that that's one of Dubai's biggest strengths is mm. that they have marketed themselves mm. really well, build it, and they will come, and they mm. did, yeah. mm. and that in itself is visionary. And I'm mm. I'm proud to be part of mm. like a pioneer. I feel yeah. like a very pioneer, much so. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 in my world, in my universe, and the people that I meet. You're sort of a mini ambassador. Yeah. Like, why Dubai, right? Mm, but true. your story is part of the Dubai story to that yeah. person that you're describing it yeah. to. So I'm proud to be part of that. Yeah. Nice. And, and all my contributions, including having a child here, you yeah. know, and him growing up in this environment, and every business that I help in terms of being a marketing consultant, and every person that I meet when I touch their lives, that is part of the Dubai experience, yeah. culturally and sometimes literally in terms of building something. Yeah, because right? adding to that narrative and adding to the storytelling. And the history and the, the foundation, the culture of what this place is. Well, as a marketer, that's what we yeah, do. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're storage. And as, yeah. as as media, how yeah. would you describe yourself? I'm no events, but you're more than events. Yeah, but even like with events and things like that. And, it's you know, all there's storytelling. Stuff, it's all storytelling. Yeah, that's all what story I mean. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I like what you were saying about being an ambassador, you know, because yeah. everything we do is to showcase and to show off. You know, whether it's our well, show products. off is a show off in a well, good way, right? Not in a in a tacky, flashy way, but you know. But a lot of people think that about Dubai. True That's story. Why we have to be careful. Yeah. We... I think maybe in the early days it was very much like that, but it's evolved so much. I think it was aspirational in that yeah. sense because if you scratch below the surface, there wasn't gold on the streets or of anything like that. We had to, I, and you probably can relate to this. Hail down a cab. You'd have to. Wait. I go in an interview, and it would be like I'd be waiting on the oh, yeah. street yeah. for four hours until somebody like decided to like pick me up, mm. and, and this was so cozy back then. This is the village atmosphere that people would just kind of hitchhike Mm. and then share rides. And that was very normal and very, it wasn't dangerous at all. I guess it could have been. And obviously Uh, in New York, it would have been. I miss it. Yeah. Just different. Quite nostalgic (laughs) when we're talking about it 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So you packed your bags and came out? Well, I was in London at the time. Mm. So what I did is I looked up Bareface. (laughs) I looked up all the agencies here. I looked up all the production companies and I introduced myself to them. And I said, hey, I'm planning on being there at this XYZ date. And uh, I'd like to meet you. I'm thinking about moving there. And, you know, I had a friend that lived here um, that had moved here from New York. She worked in finance, Mm -hmm. though. So completely different Mm -hmm. atmosphere. And um, yeah, from there, I got work immediately. So I would fly back and then I moved here. Nice. So was it initially with Bareface or? No, it was a different company you came out with. Yeah. Okay. No, well, I mean, didn't come out with like the nature of, of my job was like, you know, you do a project by yeah. project. You're not a freelancer, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Ah. And then you moved out here. And then I moved out here. And that's when, I mean, things were really expensive then, <laughs> even more expensive than they are now. 
I don't know if you guys remember. Like, Rich Ratchelow. Yeah, like, in many ways. Rent was outrageous. As oh, much as I, I it's outrageous. Remember, <coughs> I do remember rent, sorry. Remember it was single check. Yeah. Sing, I, and one check, yeah. One check, 60,000 dirhams for a one bed, not even for one bed, sorry, for a studio in International City. Yeah. 60,000 dirhams one check. 85,000 dirhams a year for a tiny one bedroom in Discovery Gardens. Wow. And you'd be lucky if you got that. And right? you'd be lucky if you but, got well, that. Well, let's face it, there was less availability. I was just I just, supply and demand. Yeah, right. I, I there was remember, no supply and a lot of demand. I remember time. being taken out to see Discovery Gardens and just went, oh my God, this is Pleasantville. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't. But at the same time, there was a lot of expat packages mm. here. So people True. didn't have to pay for their. No. I mean, you had a ticket home, mm. you had. They had incentives. Now yeah. that's completely gutted. Yeah. You know? so, it's like any normal city so, now. Yeah. You know, if you but want to move here, thing. then you move here. And you when I came out, out, no. Borrow yeah. your ticket home and um, relocation You're allowance. That was that was pretty much it. Because again, I came in 2009. Yeah. But right? that relocation allowance doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. But even then, it was, it, it was with a caveat. Um, you, there, you had to be with the company a yeah. certain time or not. You had to pay it back. Wow. Yeah. So what happened in the 15 I mean, years? I don't even know. Oh, Regulation keeps changing. Yeah, a lot, a lot. So what happened in the 15 years? Because obviously you got here like 2017. 17 years. Oh, God, my math is really bad today. <laughs> 17 years. Well, <laughs> no, it's feel, not quite 17. Yeah, so. almost, almost. Yeah, yeah. But a lot's happened in that time because you mentioned oh, yeah. family, you had a child. Oh, my God. So life changed. Okay. And what I want from a city changed. So today I wouldn't like move to a city for the same reasons, but we stay for our reasons too. It's mm. a True. safe city. It's a community, even though it's a big city. And like I can live here for this long and never run into... Dan that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like never since well, really. BBG, we ran. Ah, we did. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, every once yeah. in a while, but nothing like where we used to yeah. run yeah. into each other. Yeah. Or, you know, that's the thing. Like that makes it really good though. Because mm. if you had a bad experience, you can kind of like yeah. <laughs> never see them again. Yeah. Yep. I'm never seeing you again. <laughs> <laughs> but it has changed a lot. Yeah. So what was the question again? Uh, so I'm sorry. You, yeah, what has the last 15 years yeah. been? It's Your, the evolution of… Because uh, you mentioned family. You mentioned you had a child. Yeah. So, so obviously that's life-changing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think that you can't meet somebody here. Yeah. Uh, and I think you can meet somebody anywhere. True. This is something that in every city, everybody says. I mean, Sex in the City mm. came up with, you know, there's Bridget Jones' diary. There's yeah. just on and on. Lots of films out there about people not being able to find love for yeah. a variety of different reasons. And if you have, let's say, a disability that's even harder, or yeah. if you have uh, responsibilities like aging parents that mm. might also children as well, mm. obviously. Yeah. So really just picking up on that and seeing how, you know, I guess when you spend time as you grow and as you mature, you notice trends. Yeah. And trends would be like people getting older. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I get hit now as well because people are staying longer. Yes. You know, there was a time when people come for a year or two, but now realistically, we just mentioned we've been here because yeah, it was almost very, very transient, years. very, very, like, very. Transient. Like, like, so relationships like, were transient yeah. too, but it was also equally you're going through an exercise together mm. and you're bonding in a totally different way, mm. right? So it's it was a hardship to be here, yeah, because it wasn't easy, and mm. you know Same. you don't know who to trust. But now it's less of a hardship; it's more mm. of a destination, which is wonderful. Yeah, but relationships change and what you want from a relationship changes as well. So we're talking about relationships because I know I launched a matchmaking and date coaching. There we go. We got yeah. there. There we go. For a quick question though. So when you met your partner, did you meet at the, the old school way or was it a swipe way? Uh, it was old school way. Old school. We love old school. It's really interesting. I wonder how many people actually meet in that old fashioned way. It was 2009. You know, I met him in 2009. Oh, okay. And so it was like one brunch. of those across the road. No, no. We, well, similar. similar. We were, it was an event at the Shangri-La Hotel. Okay. Oh, wow. It was a financial event. And I was with a girlfriend who was here working in finance, a different mm. girlfriend. And she was like, come with me to this event. And then we'll like go have dinner at Zuma or something. Yeah. I'm like, sounds good. Yeah. You know? And I remember feeling at that time that I'm ready to meet somebody. But like really ready. Not mm. like, oh, I want to meet someone. But I'm, a little, you know, I remember being just really open-minded about it. Just, I would want to meet you. I would want to meet you. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to meet people. Mm. And I was just open to mm. life, you know, and open to relationships. Whether it be a love relationship or friendship or yeah. otherwise. And I felt like that break inside myself when you're just looking at the world with rosy eyes. Yeah. Right? And I went to this event, not thinking I'm going to meet somebody, but just supporting my girlfriend. And he was in this ballroom. 
and staring at me from across the room. And he wouldn't look away. And I thought that was odd. And then I thought, maybe I don't remember having met him. Yeah, maybe he thinks I'm somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, or something. And then eventually I had to go past him and he's like following me. And I thought that was like, you know, odd. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's it's hot. And I mean, it could also cute. be slightly creepy. You know I mean? Yes, it could be creepy, like, but, but at the same at time, depends on the crazy eyes, <laughs> yeah. right? It depends <laughs> on the crazy. <laughs> Listen, if they it, it, when they're good looking, it's not creepy. Okay, okay? <laughs> it can be. It can be because you don't. You don't know. I know. Yeah, I know. Player, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. But still, was it Tinder swindler? Yeah, could be one of them. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But like, I just I find that confidence. Yeah. Like that, I find that quite attractive. Well, confidence in anybody is attractive. Yeah. Let's face yeah. it. Like, I like you. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. Is an attractive yeah. trait. Yeah, you know? very much so. Um, you might not know, even yourself, if you say that or you come across that way. Mm. You might not know that this is it. But, yeah, yeah let's give it a try. Yeah. It's a different yeah. different attitude, let's yeah. say. So, so you went to walk past him. And he, of course, was following me like this. And, uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, have we met before? And he told me his name, which I made fun of. He didn't laugh, but maybe not. No, but then we started chatting. We got separated because I guess he was hosting the event, one of the hosts of okay. the event. So people kept interrupting. But by the time that my girlfriend and I were leaving to go, because it was time, it was like six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like yeah. a late night thing. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he, I saw him, you know, say right back, you know, like that to whoever he was talking to. Came straight up to me. He's like, are you leaving? I said, yes. And he goes, I'd like to take you to dinner sometime. Can I get your number? Hot. Boom. Hot. And I was like, Mic yes. drop. All right. Well, yeah, maybe. 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 Here's my number. I'll see. <laughs> I might be washing my hair. Oh, I'll see. There is yeah. still romance. I love it. Uh, I don't know how romantic that was. I don't know. Like, there's something romantic about it. At least it's not swiping left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but there's different ways of techniques that, you know. I guess. Right. We're so, going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. And and this whole thing is like, it's you got to put yourself out mm. there one way or the other. And you yeah. have to have the right attitude. And you can't be like, I'm hurt. Don't hurt me. And like, mm. like laying it on you yeah. to be the responsible for my feelings or to be responsible for my hurt and my pain. You enter relationships with the equal amounts of risk. Yeah. Don't fool yourself. Even mm. if you say like, oh, I told you from the start that I was hurt by like X, Y, Z and you did that to me too. Like, I'm sorry. Everybody enters the relationship with Who equal Who was that risk. celebrity recently that got absolutely drilled on social media? Seth, Seth, what's his name? He sent basically his uh, now ex-girlfriend posted the messages that he sent her. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, he did that wonderful documentary on mental health. Yeah, and then uh, not sure. Seth, it was no, Seth, no, it's not Seth. It starts with a J. Oh man, I know who you're. You talking know who about. I'm talking about, right? And and basically, he's what a he little did, chubby. Yeah, he was in Moneyball. He was um, he was he was Jason. he was in was he in um. Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, he was in it Wolf is him. of Wall Street. What's his name? The, the, the comic sure. guy. Oh. He'd lost a lot Jonah of Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he basically sent his his now ex a whole list this of This was things. when they were together. Yeah, when they were together. Now they're not because, yeah. you know, a list of all the things that she cannot do because he is sharing with her his boundaries. So he used therapy lingo. Yeah. To then like list to her, like, you know, and she's, she's a surfer or something. She's or a professional surfer. Okay. You cannot be in a bikini. You cannot, you know, be seen with other okay, guys. Okay. So caveat, yeah. he didn't say it like that. You yeah. cannot do this. You cannot do that. He's like, this is my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And this is making me uncomfortable. If you're, if you want to be with if me. If you're okay with that, then we can continue yeah. our relationship. Right, okay. So he said it more gently. He didn't yeah. say yeah. it like, you can't do this. The, yeah. Here's the 10 commandments. He yeah. didn't say it like that. Yeah. And I mean, it is controlling, but at the same time, I admire him for knowing his boundaries mm. and being upfront about yeah. it. I disagree with her as well. I think, I mean, I don't think this should have been in the oh, public 100% sphere agree. anyway. Hundred yeah. percent. Because agree. he just had a baby with somebody else after they've broken up. Oh wow! And she decides to release this, so now he's, he's a baby daddy. Messy. Yeah, and he's got a child out there. Mm. What's her reason yeah. for doing that yeah. to the public? You can have those private conversations. Anybody should be able to have a private yeah. conversation. If I say- Oh, 100% agree you, with that. Any relationship, you're going to mm-hmm. have like, listen, this is how I feel and this is why. If we're going to go forward, this is what I would mm-hmm. feel comfortable with. Yeah. Who knows why he had those stipulations? Yeah. Like she could have been flirting and it was like yeah. really yeah, but jealousy. I think, I think also from her side, a hundred percent agree. I don't understand people that overshare on social media. Like, it's on like, a public forum. Yeah, this is after they broke up. Like, what yeah. is the point? Of, yeah, it's done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why, why, why bring this to the surface? And you know he's a celebrity, so yeah. why would you? But the thing off. for me, like when I was looking, I go, I get you're setting your boundaries, but you're dating a woman that spends 90% of her time, her office is being bikini yeah. and with other on guys and all this. You still decided. So it, it sort of goes back to that where you said it's 50-50. Everyone, you know, the other person is not responsible yeah. for that. And mm-hmm. that's what triggered me to say that. I'm like, I get that it bold, great. These are my boundaries, but you're making someone else responsible for your drama, your history. Right? Your, so that that's yeah. that's the bit that I found really interesting well, there. What what was her list that she gave yeah. back to him? We don't know. We don't yeah. know. I don't think that's very fair. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure there was <laughs> more. Like I said, putting it on the the putting it on social media, yeah. I don't agree with that. That I have a huge mm, about. Right. So if your partner, for example, you're dating somebody and they always get drunk, like beyond, mm, yeah. and then they mess up and then they like snog somebody or something, and you're like, okay, you know what? From now on, yeah. <laughs> here's my boundary. Mm. You cannot drink when mm. we go out. It's just you can't handle it. And maybe mm. you have a problem and maybe there's something in your history. Plus, my father was XYZ. Like, yeah. you, it's more than fine to say yeah. as an adult to another adult, here are my triggers. Mm. Yeah. Here is something that, um, and be upfront about it. After the fact, it's not cool. Mm. But if you're having a conversation and if he took the time to write it down, I admire, I mm. wish more guys were like that versus keeping it to themselves and not opening and it And then being passive aggressive. And do you it. find yeah. that a lot of men do keep it to themselves? Well, I, let's say a lot of people keep a lot of things to True themselves. Story. I don't want to say yeah. gender, but it is yeah. more ingrained socially for men to not yeah. be as emotive. Yeah, that's very fair. It, it wasn't as uh, socially. Uh, socially accepted or, or yeah. whatever the word would be, yeah. Yeah, but neither was women in the workforce. And that's yeah. kind of changed. Evolved. Yeah. yeah. So going back to, you were talking about the the matchmaking, yes. dating. How did we business. end up there? How did you end up? Yeah. Woke up so- one day and said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, my new, new serial entrepreneur project is going to be matchmaking. Well, I have always wanted to be a matchmaker because I was doing it anyway. You know, okay. like back in New York when I was setting up my friends, you know, you can see things. Not, you know, it was more like, oh, this person, because they have the same energy, they yeah. have the same values. Yeah. There's um, a connection. There's a connection. Yeah. It's a bit of a there's Korean a of, thing as well, right? Is it? I, I don't know. But like it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know why that sort of came to my mind. Because like I remember living in Korea, they, they, you had the only goes, oh, you know, you guys are. Or, you know, that's every culture. Yeah. You know, matchmaking is I not a new it was thing. Beautiful. I it's thought I used to new. think it was beautiful. It's like, get over it. They, you, you guys are good. Well, it's a smaller society yeah. and everybody knows yeah. each other. Yeah. So my father, my all, my father's one of six and all of his siblings have all been set up, you know, oh. arranged marriages. But like, you meet them and no. you agree to it. It's not like no. you marry this person, but yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 right? Yeah. Here you have options. Yeah. And then all my cousins as well. And then, you know, I, it's not stranger to me. It's no. not like, it's not just subcontinent. It's not just, it's England as well has yeah. matchmakers. Yeah. But I think there's a modern way of dating yeah. as well. And I, my particular niche is people are, are people that are expat professionals. I would say 35 and above, although that's flexible because yeah. sometimes like 35 year olds want to date like 25 year olds, mm-hmm. you know, for example. I'm not going to say no, as long as you're an adult and you know yourself and you, you know, everybody's different in that sense. But my niche is really expat professionals that have like one foot in one culture and another foot in another culture and find it really hard to balance that and meet somebody that's similar. You know, it's a very particular type very of Very particular. Are, are, you, are you like reading my biography here? <laughs> Matchmaking. Um, I was about to say. So- I, literally. Well, yeah. You can, born in Iran, grew up in Korea, calls Australia home, lived in London, moved here. Not quite. Australian, third culture kid, be yeah. more than third culture kid, because I I grew up as a Korean kid, like yeah. like it, it, you know, for the when we first moved to Australia, I didn't want to be in Australia. I'm like, I want to go home. Right. You know, that's that was the home, the culture, the understanding, the you know, the respect, the respect, all of it. Yeah. That's that's something I grew up with, and it's quite ingrained. And mm-hmm. like I said, I spoke fluent Korean. I we didn't live the expat life in Korea. We were in no. I, 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 I lived. I lived in you know what it was a Misong apartment. Like I looked over the sixty three building. My friends were all Korean kids. We were right. in the culture. It wasn't yeah. as multicultural, let's say. No, God, <laughs> like, not at all. Not at all. So but that's the always, Dubai story, by the way. Yeah. That's very, very, very common. Mm. You know. 
So you mentioned previously about opportunity. So obviously you saw an opportunity yeah. that was available. Yes. That and nobody was doing this I previously. think even more during COVID yeah. um, where relationships and family, it's everything. Yeah. You know, and I, I read these things um, from the BBC in England, but it's across all the cities about loneliness yeah. and how detrimental it is to our uh, longevity, mm-hmm. our mental health. Obviously, the sadness, like, what are we here for if we end up alone in like True. a beautiful little shoebox? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. but I the, the human what, connection. I think that's one of the challenges isn't it, with somewhere like Dubai because most people come here for work or for opportunity and to better themselves and so, um, yeah, for ambition. Yeah. And it, because it did have that transient nature and obviously mm-hmm. that's evolving, mm-hmm. but it used to be really difficult to meet people here or mm-hmm. meet people with longevity. Or is. Ha- is it really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it still is. But you don't realize how many people you meet. Yeah. And that's where your atomic habits come in. Right, so you've read this book, or have no. you heard of this book, Atomic, Atomic Habits? Okay, no, never. Okay, well, I'll send you the, okay. po- the, yeah. the audio book. Okay. Um, I love audiobooks yep. and yep. podcasts and, nice. and podcasts, obviously. Yep. Maybe on hours. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, um, so you 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 saw an opportunity. When did you see the? You've always been a matchmaker, so regardless. But what brought you to yeah. the point to actually do this? A couple of things. So it's a good question. I've been a regional scout for the past seven years to an elite boutique agency that's based in London and New York. And I've been like, I want to open your office here. I want to, I want to do this. As I'm, in scouting talent or when you say regional scouts? Yeah. Yeah. So they have a client that's looking for this type of person, you know, a Muslim person, you know, Muslim girl, Muslim guy, that kind of thing and making those introductions. Mm-hmm. So you're spotting mm-hmm. and then you're making introductions. And it is very much like, well, I'll describe the process later, but to answer your question, so I was doing that for the past seven years and they didn't want to open here because of the the grayness in the regulation, mm-hmm. and which is still pretty gray. Of course. But regulations have become more progressive where you can, there's a golden visa, mm-hmm. you can marry, uh, you can live together and mm-hmm. have children out mm-hmm. of wedlock. Yeah. So this to me has said, okay, how are people meeting people? Yeah. Is it just through apps <clears throat> and then like maybe at a bar? It's completely random. And myself, I'm a single mother, right? I don't want, I'm not looking for a baby daddy. So I'm in a different strata. So I'm not like desperate. I'm not like, you know, broody or anything like that. And I'm not looking for somebody to be my child's father either. And there's a lot of people out there like that, but I am looking for somebody who isn't, that is filtered, you know, that isn't a danger or going to involve themselves in either my life and maybe later in my child's life. And they're not upstanding in some way. And Mm. there's no guarantee of that, but there's, really no filter at all mm. versus some filter. Yeah. And I'd rather there be, you know, there's ghosting, there's all well, kinds oh, of horrific the stories I've heard. I mean, I was, so social media. So if you're looking at dating apps and stuff like that, obviously like catfishing is a massive thing. Yeah. You know, people pretending to be someone that they're not. We went to Tinder Swindler. Yes, as with, well. With um, a matchmaking entity, you mentioned filtering. So obviously it's like a pre-qualification. Yes. There, there must be some sort of kind of back, what, like you background pro- check. What, for, your police check. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean- in the States and in Europe, you have like more of a, an authority where you can check their credit yeah, you out. Can actually, yeah. Yeah. Here you don't have that. Yeah. So you do other kinds of things. Like you meet them in person. I get their ID, make sure they are who they yeah. are through, you know, sleuthing as mm-hmm. well. Um, connections. And especially the type of person that I deal with, they have a reputation. They have, they're upstanding for some reason. Right. And that's important to me. Otherwise, if they seem like I can't work with them, there's no reason for yeah. me to work with them. What's your strike rate? Huh? What's your strike rate? What does that mean? Of of matchmaking, of success uh, rate. Success rate. Yeah. Well, this is about a year old at this point. Not okay. even. Not even. But um, like in general, because you've said you've been matchmaking friends yeah. and stuff for years. Uh, oh yeah, but it wasn't like a process. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I went and got my certifications. I have three mentors. One of which is uh, like over thirty years in the industry. There's a certification. There's certifications. Well, this yeah. is like a, a fully fledged industry, essentially. hundred percent, and it's an important one. Yeah, it's actually because I'm just, very a, well. It's like it's, it's it's core to our being. It's more important than having a job because you can change jobs, right? Well, you can change partners too, but the idea is not to. I'm literally sat here thinking because obviously, you know, we work in a very fast-paced environment. It is actually difficult to meet people, you know, especially, I guess, for us that are in Dubai, because primarily, again, like we're all here for work and for jobs. So your primary focus is often your career. That but that's means, anywhere. That's not yeah, just here, right? Yeah, true. So then I guess where my question will be then, is this type of service becoming more and more? And necessary, necessary because yeah. of our lifestyle. I believe yes. Yeah. I believe yes. And I want to op- offer that option. You know, nobody's forcing anybody to take 
my services to yeah. go through the coaching because mine is a comprehensive service. It's not a dating service. And I want to make that distinction mm. because matchmaking for me is about success and happiness. Yeah. And it's a holistic approach as opposed to just line them up yeah. and let me pick from a catalog of yeah. people. So elaborate the coaching that. side, how the holistic coaching and, and matchmaking. So, cause when people hear matchmaking, they automatically, God, there was that Netflix show where, you know, right. there's the matchmaker and she comes in with the profiles and goes, here's the picture, read it. Which one do you want? And then right. do that. That's she usually, doesn't do the coaching. No. So, no. so share with us that part. So mine it. is a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. And I would say coaching has a different connotation for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yes. I don't need coaching because yeah. I'm, you're nothing wrong with me. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not coaching really was that never kind of, about being anything wrong though. No. And I mean, it's a very like growth mindset. Mm. I mean, I love that anyway, but it's really more of a relationship strategist kind of thing where we're coming up with like, first I have to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So what are your triggers? And that comes over time. Mm -hmm. But so I'll have coaching packages. Mm -hmm. I call it coaching packages, but I should really call it relationship strategy Mm -hmm. packages. And within that there's personal branding because I have Mm -hmm. to create your profile. I have to create your profile before my CRM so Mm -hmm. that I can do searches. I have matchmakers. I'm in touch with hundreds of matchmakers from around the world. And they are always asking me like, hey, I have a client that's moved to your area or is Muslim and that would like, because I have a lot of Muslim or whatever. They know me in a different ways, right? And they'll ask me like, here's my client's profile. Do you have somebody that would match with them? And I can send them a profile in the back end, but it would still be first name only. Mm -hmm. Your, your, like certain stats, your height, your age, your profession. It wouldn't be all of the emotional side of things. It would be more like, you know, we'll start the conversation. And if your client- The foundations. The foundations. Mm -hmm. And if your client would like to take it further, then we'll have a conversation, right? So there's a lot of commissions that are involved in that as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of money that like real estate is passed around in the background to either market yourself and your clients. Not that I would ever post my client's profile, but I would say like, if you're looking for- let's say a spiritual man who has a certain level of success that lives in Dubai or in the UK, between the UK and Dubai and a certain education, like some, some, mm. something interesting about mm. them uh, for my client who is XYZ, but I wouldn't post your picture and I wouldn't post your identifying mm-hmm. like so somebody could Google you. Yeah. There's a safety and a confidentiality Big aspect time. Yeah. that's really important <clears throat> to me. Because they're, you know, at the same time, some people wouldn't want people to know that they're… 100%. Yeah. And that's yeah. why somebody would hire me. Yeah. So that you're not out there swiping yeah. and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a service though. That's a digital makeover and takeover. So there's a makeover where we, we do your your profile. Same same idea as your profile from my, yeah. my yeah. database. Um, so that's a digital profile versus a personal profile for my database, which I can do keyword searches, mm-hmm. which is like 100 questions. And that's also helping you be introspective as well. Yeah. And we can kind of have those conversations. But the digital profile, I work with another matchmaker as well, with various matchmakers, and we take over your swiping. Okay. And so if you're fatigued or you're just like, I don't have the chat or that yeah. sort of thing, then we, then we give you, and then we set up a date yeah. where you are right? With your parameters and you go out on those dates and that's a more affordable um, option than the matchmaking full package, which is very labor intensive and expensive. I'm just really interested in the matchmaking full package when you, because you talked about and it's, I don't have a price list. So if, I know you're going to get to that. No, 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 but no. But no. I was, I was thinking about we'd, 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 no, no. we'd send people to you yeah. and they can find but out I was for thinking themselves. about you. Because talk, it's different for everybody. Exactly. Because you were talking about personal identity. Yes. And obviously your background in makeup and you know, the yeah. beauty industry, I guess. Yeah. I think having that service or that support where you can literally help somebody to develop their personal brand. Yes. Is so vital. Yes. And in, the visuals the, as well. Yeah. You know, how, maybe how we'll do pre- videos. Maybe, yeah. Maybe how people well, like present themselves. Well, maybe, and, yeah. You know, I think yeah. you need to do, you know, especially for the swipers, uh, some of the men could really do with a little bit of help because they seem to think that posting part of their anatomy is, is you know. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, that would be part of the nose, right? Like, uh, just. I'm like, why? But then, but that's what we'll get to. Why? Why is always a question. I always challenge men and women. Hmm. Why do you want six foot and above? Yeah. Women always want height. They do. Men it's a big always thing. want youth. Why? Why mm. do you want that? Oh, because I want to wear my heels. That's not a good enough reason for values, yeah. right? So if, if someone's got everything yeah. that you're looking for. I challenge them. Right. And then they don't have the height. <laughs> they will say no. But are people receptive to that and challenge? And age too. Yeah. Plenty of guys in their 40s and 50s won't look at anybody over 33 years old. But when you challenge them, and they, they, they want a sophisticated woman they who's want not after it. their money, who looks like a model and is over X uh, height, 
this is so common and it's so something that it's very boring. Yeah. And even, so I don't show profiles right away. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll show profiles, but I won't show pictures right away because I want them to focus on the qualities. Yeah. And obviously I'm meeting these girls. But remember, so. remember, blo- um, again, Netflix. Uh, yeah. What was that? Love is Bl- Blind. Love is Blind. Yeah. Yes. And um, I still remember there was one one season where a girl and a guy matched. They were amazing, blah, 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 blah. And then when they had the moment to see each other and walk towards each other, you could see the girl, like she was gone. Wow. She was gone. But she, but, but she continued with it. Like at that stage, she really should have stepped back. Yeah. But no, she went to the whole island to do the whole thing. But she treated the guy. Because there's a guy. lot of carrots yeah. you now that are like. Yeah. Exactly. But she was awful to the guy. Awful. And then in the end, you know, she finally admitted, you're not the look I go for. She couldn't get past. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's the thing. And she you learn about past. yourself, yeah. right? But then equally, there are plenty of people that were like, oh, now that I've spent time with you. Have you ever been in school? And I use this example quite a bit. Have you ever been in school or in a class or even at work or something? You see somebody over and over again. Mm. They weren't. It wasn't like, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. fireworks or anything. And they go and you're like, oh, pretty cool, you know, and no. then, and then you attach yourself to them. And then it doesn't matter that they're one inch, two inches. Mm. doesn't matter their age. It's just that, yeah. that energy that you're getting mm. from that person and how you feel every time they're around. They're like, around. do you light up yeah. or not? Do you get the butterflies? Right. But butterflies yeah. aren't necessarily a great thing either. Oh, really? No, no they're Why? not. I mean, so these they're things, we have, to, we have to, yeah, they deceive. So okay, tell women, me. I'll give you an example. Go women on. will overlook and guys too, but because I'm talking to you, right? That if a guy is like, you know, do you see bridesmaids? I think, yeah, I've okay. seen that thing. And she was dating John Hamm. Okay. Who's the lead in, in that? What's her name? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, we're, we're not good at this game, yeah. right? But we're anyway, really the, the lead was having a, a situationship with John Hamm, the, okay. the actor, right? And he's like, you know, after she sleeps with him and stuff, she's he's saying something, you're still my number three. And she's like, okay, see you later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, it's so harsh. He was so harsh and it was so funny and so real. And yet, why do we stay in these situations? Because he's hot. You'll ignore all the red flags. Yeah, yeah because, because of, of the, the butterflies. butterflies. That makes sense. Okay, I understand now. Yeah. I, I, I think I just came up with a phrase. If they're hot, you'll overlook a lot. <laughs> true story. That should be on a t-shirt. So what's currently happening? So we have to wrap this up soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's currently happening with you right now? What's currently happening? Or like what's going to happen in the future? Like what's the, what's the plan? Well, well, the, well just, 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 just to close that off. So you've been doing it for a year. Yeah. Good. In Very September. healthy, client base. Building you know, it up. Building it up. Just letting people, it's awareness stage if we look mm-hmm. at it from a marketing standpoint and referrals. Mm. And I've just set up the systems and the automations and the legal aspect so that, you know, I am ready mm. when, as, when, as it comes. And I'm having conversations. I have a few clients. I don't really have the time to do all of that. So mm-hmm. I'm doing the marketing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, you know, that is kind of like, you know, I love doing that too, because it's something that well, jazzes it's in your me. DNA. It's in my DNA. Mm-hmm. And then I have this, which is my heart and my passion and that I'm building and I'm, I'm not in any rush with it. It's like, you know, a lot of people think even me mentioning the fact that I'm a matchmaker, oh, you're like selling yourself or you're hard sell. I'm like, how can I be a hard sell? I can't force you to open up to me and That's I can't force you to yeah. go through like the the trust and the, the coaching and the image consulting. None of it's that. It's personal. It's mm. extremely personal. Yeah. I cannot force, and I don't want to force yeah. anybody because this you have to be ready for your reasons. You have to want to do this, I guess. You have to want, want to do this. this yeah, like if you want to lose weight, for example, yeah. then I will help you yeah. lose weight. But other than that, I can't be a hard sell. First no. of all, I don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I don't think that would work. Well, not right? not not in something this sensitive and personal. No, because you go out yeah. on a date and then what? Mm. You're closed off and there's no success rate mm. there. I don't want to take on somebody mm. that I can't work with that I don't feel that I can match. And that's the difference. When you were talking about a rate, it's an interesting question to answer because it doesn't apply to the human heart. Mm. True. Yeah. You know? Very true. And there are a lot of people that will start, but then find out they're not ready. Yeah. Or opposite. You mm. know what I mean? Because one of the things I try to help people is to answer the question that niggles them, which is sometimes an insecurity. Why am I always meeting the same kind of people? What about me? What is, let's say, subconsciously, I am putting something mm. out there, which makes me scared to date, which makes me afraid to even try because I know what's going to happen. And I don't know why, and mm. I don't know how, and I've read books and I've done all this stuff. 
that's the process that I hope to answer. Mm-hmm. And only way I can do that is if you're honest with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the date feedback is extremely important, whether I set up the date or as you go through your day, you know, and you set up your own dates. Like I keep meeting the same kinds of guys. Okay, well, let's see how you meet guys, mm-hmm. right? I'm meeting this, I'm getting the same outcome with women. Well, let's see, like, well, how are you handling this women? Mm-hmm. Let's see what your patterns are and how we can change them without changing who you are as yeah. a core, because you're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be working with you. Like, <laughs> yeah, psycho, I'm not getting involved yeah. with this. Have, have you, <laughs> not introducing you to anybody. <laughs> so, so you said you have some clients already. Uh, have you yeah. Have you actually said no to some people yes. already? Yeah. Yes. Or you just price them out. Okay. Right? Because, I mean, it has to be worthwhile. Yeah. yeah right? True. Like, if, if I'm going to spend that much time on it, then, you know, you're going to have to pay me because I've got, I'd rather spend that time with my child. Mm, yeah. Very true. You know? Go five years into the future. Yes. What's the vision you have? I will have <clears throat> lots of marriages under my belt, lots of happiness in this world. Other people's marriages, not your own. Yeah, <laughs> Just mine too. Oh, okay. Mine too. I'm single, ah. right? And ready to mingle. Yeah. And ready to mingle. <laughs> interesting question then. Oh, who's another interesting who's, question. I was say, who's matchmaking you? Yeah. That's, well, you know, who, shoemaker. Or do you matchmake yourself? <laughs> um, that's a tricky one for matchmakers, yeah. I have to say, because I wouldn't date a client. Yeah. You know, I, I have a professionalism of on course. that. I love talking to people about love and I love helping them find it. That's like where I am not is, I think involved. You, I think you're going to have a problem with that because you've got such an infectious energy. I think yeah. your clients Aww. are going to fall in love with you. Oh, well, the first match is with the matchmaker, right? There, there you go. Eileen, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, pleasure. It was a pleasure. Honestly, it was wonderful. so good to reconnect. It was just absolutely and wonderful. To listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Uh, really how can people find you? Oh, okay. So my website is DubaiMatchmaker.com. Mm-hmm. Very easy to remember. Social media at Dubai Matchmaker, also Facebook. And the process, if you want to become, if you're single and you want to, you know, get in touch with me, you go to DubaiMatchmaker.com, go to the matchmaking section and fill out your personal profile, which is completely confidential. Nice. Um, and then you will get a confirmation email and you can set up a free consultation and then we can go from awesome. there. Perfect. Well, hopefully there'll be many matchmaking get opportunities. Typing. Yeah, yeah. I have single men and single ladies looking, so you never know. Perfect. On that note, thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for listening to Rooted Within. If you like this episode, please make sure you drop a follow so you never miss an episode in the future. Rooted Within with Lillian Dan. 